life might hand you budgets, schedules, family, and responsibility. But driving shouldn't be just another chore. We're here to help you find a car you love. Something that fits your budget and your needs, but is fun to drive and makes you look back. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. We're really serious this time. We're not even lying. It's happened. <laughs> Episode one and two are actually on Amazon. You had me for a moment, then I realized what you're talking about. Yeah. They're, they're, they're there. You can actually go watch them now. You can actually we see We finally it. got through whatever yes. was processing yes. and, and getting approved on the Amazon side. There was and we much were, processing, by the way. We were like, why is this taking longer than it should, at least longer than we thought it should? But the point yeah. is, episode one and two are up. Episode three through six are coming. Uh, similar things are happening on Vimeo. One and two are up. This is season three stuff we're talking about. So electrics, which is the Model 3 and the Bolt, mm-hmm. and the alternative, which is what we've got for the Kia Stinger GT versus the BMW 4 Series. Those two episodes are up. Three through six are coming. Many of you have said you've already found them. I'm thrilled. But I'm just excited to actually say we weren't <laughs> lying, and it is really available on Amazon Finally, Prime. it's there. Well, episode seven this Saturday will be the lukewarm hatches from season two. Mm-hmm. from On Velocity. From yeah. last season. So that replays tomorrow. on Velocity. Happy Friday. And then the entire new season three starts over the following Saturday mm-hmm. and goes back to... Yes, the the electrics. You'll see all of the on above on, on on velocity as well. Thank you guys for being. <laughs> Let me clear things up by making it more confusing. Exactly. Here's a giant paragraph. Let me clear it all up. <laughs> the great news is season three is playing somewhere where you can now see it. That's what's right. exciting. Meanwhile, That's the bottom line. Seasons really. one and two are also available on Amazon Prime. Thank you to all of you that have asked. Uh, and I'm. This is on my brain because today around lunchtime, you and I spent an hour talking about season four. So it's I can't funny that. That, we're, that we're this many yeah. places at once, but that means things are happening. And this weekend, while you guys are doing whatever you're doing, hopefully you're watching the Velocity Show, we will be actually shooting the first frames for season four. I can't believe that. And thanks to our co- our presenting sponsor, Covercraft, alongside Grio's Garage, Auto Tempest, and Brush Hero, as we mentioned before. So Covercraft gets you the uh, everyday driver code, gets you free shipping in the U.S. Every day, yeah. Grios, yes, every day, excuse me, and Grios Garage gives you 10% off your order mm-hmm. with the code every day. And we are in the process, I, I can't give you time frame yet, but we are in the process of trying to do giveaways for both of those guys, both Grios and Covercraft, like we did last season. We're going to do giveaways of their product again. Also, I want to clarify one thing real quick. Hmm. There was a question. One of our sponsors is called Brush Hero. Yes, we tend to say it quickly because we talk. If you fast. haven't noticed, uh, I speak quickly. So does Paul. But I'm really, really <laughs> guilty of this. Brush Hero. Imagine a brush wearing a cape. Does do that want, help? Do you want to tell the the blade of ice story? I, I will tell the blade of ice story. But uh, but uh, Brush Hero. So, so seriously, it's a brush wearing a cape. This is this is right. not an expensive tool. I will say this. No about capes. The, I will say this about the Brush Hero. Honestly, I really like it. If you're a person, well, you, Paul, are a person like this who already has a wheel cleaning process. I am that guy. This may not help you. But if you're me, (laughs) who does not have a wheel cleaning process, it's kind of revolutionary. It's fantastic. It's great for not just wheels, too. Oh, yeah. I I use it on my mountain bike. It's the best thing ever on the mountain bike. So it is very cool. I talked to him. He said, I have one hooked up to every faucet in the house, and I clean the kids with it. (laughs) It's like, wow, I'm not ever coming over to your house. Wouldn't surprise me. (laughs) And then, of course, Auto Tempest is our great friends, and that is a fantastic way for you to put in your search once Mm -hmm. and to wind up everywhere. I'm not going to tell you what yet, but I am searching for what's next, and I'm using (laughs) Auto Tempest because because what I'm looking for is not common. So I can get Craigslist and Auto Trader and all kinds of places from putting in one search parameter and find myself at all the weird fingers of the Internet. I sold the Jeep. 
Speaking of you what's did next, sell the Jeep. yes, it's gone. It's out of my life. I can't believe it. I had it three and a half years. Mm-hmm. Bought it brand new in 2015, and it's gone. So I'm just down to the expedition and the you're, you're up to the expedition. Well, yeah, because you keep marveling at how massive that thing is. I keep it's backing huge. up, leaving a, an entire car length because I think, all right, I, I must be getting close. No, I'm still far away, but. The size of this thing is it's like it's incredible. Half, half my driveway last night was expedition. I was like, <laughs> what is going on there? And then with the bike rack on the hitch, of course, you fold that down, and I'm 92 feet long. Seriously, seriously. You have to get that uh, that kind of introductory long-term video done on that. Yeah, but, yeah and, for and sure. And what we have to do is we're going to mount the GoPro on the back glass <laughs> and play that full <laughs> widescreen, and Paul's going to be like the ant up there driving. Dot. Yeah. With the steering wheel. All right. So the Utah meetup is coming. Go to the website yes. for that. Want to touch on that. So that is under uh, everydaydriver.com. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of frequently asked questions on there. You can see that. And it's very a la carte. So you don't have to do everything. True. Mountain biking true, is true. included. We've got a lot of people already signed up for that, which is amazing. Well, it's... We it, were having a board meeting on the mountain bikes yesterday. You and I fact. do have board meetings on the mountain bike. And I am still sore, in fact, because it was a huge ride yeah, we did yesterday. There was, there was five miles uh, of up. So that happened. It was a 16-mile uh, total ride, and five and a half miles was up. That pretty Disney much. Pixar movie, the content is wrong. Yes. It should just be two hours of GoPro of us sweating and not having any fun. Well, it, but here's the thing. It is actually a great ride. It's something I discovered and then I subjected Paul to. But, but yeah. here's the thing that happens. The five miles is from you just put yourself on the bike. You just, like, just mounted the bike for the next five miles you're going up. Mm-hmm. Then it starts getting fun. So that happened, which is great. Uh, we do have then two the fun happens. We do have right. two car debates coming tonight. We have Carlos riding to us from Canada. Thank you for that. And uh, he's he's actually looking for a car for his time in Spain, which is not a question I've ever heard. He does have a vacation house. Yes. yes. And also Jordan's riding to us from San Jose. Uh, he has a uh, <clears throat> this is not really a first world problem. He has a I have too many cars. I'm trying to downsize and only end up with four or possibly five cars problem wait to hear this story that is a fun thinning one. the herd that's what it's yeah. all about kind of thinning the herd i mean my, my lord anyway so that's happening just That'll ride be cool. through and shoot the cars dead right <laughs> like thin them out we'll see we'll see so that's happening uh so we do have those car debates coming up we have many great questions from you guys uh speaking of stuff on the website i do have to come back to this we're all my head's all over the map mini raffle mm. is happening if yeah, you'd for like sure. to yeah. be the proud new owner of Spot the Mini, you can go to our website, everydaydriver.com. There is a so link there. So many entendres there. with the Spot. Yes, I see the Mini. No, no, it's that's the name. Exactly. So anyway, so so you can go there. You can see the official rules if you want to know all of the fine print. That's all there as well. Very easy to enter. So all of that information is there. Thank you to those of you that have already entered. We're doing okay on uh, so far. I mean, we'll see if we sell enough tickets that it that it makes sense. This is a total trial run for us, but mm-hmm. so far yeah. it's going pretty well. So hopefully, the mini is headed to a new owner, and I am kind of behind the scenes looking for what's next. I will not tell you yet, but at some point, <laughs> hopefully, it'll happen. Diving into the car debate from Carlos S. He is in Montreal, Canada, and says, "Guys, I need your help. What is the best used or vintage five seater?" that he can buy in Spain for under $10,000 that is also built before 2005 or 2006 so he can eventually import it back to Canada under the 15-year rule because in Canada, (laughs) it's 15 years, unlike the States. Mm -hmm. A car that can do family travel, it can do canyon-spirited driving, and maybe some track fun too. Mm -hmm. Now, he was born in Quebec, he said, from Spanish parents. He spends a month every summer in Alicante, Spain with his wife and kids. I'm so sorry. I looked it up. It looks lovely. I'm sure it is, yes. Now, he misses the driving fun, but he does have a closed garage in Spain so he could leave a car. The problem is, 
all of his cars are in Montreal. Yes. That's where he does track driving. He loves cars because he's got a great collection. Listen to this. 2017 M2. Mineral gray BMW M2. I, I, I got to be honest. I'm not thrilled with the color, but it's a fantastic start. Uh, well, he sent photos in the rest of the email as well. Mm-hmm. I saw them. Yeah. Not he's bad. Got, he's got an 88 E28 M5 for cars and coffee. I don't think anybody has ever written to us saying, this is my cars and coffee car. I agree with you. I agree with you. What? Yeah. I, okay. Only on right. Saturdays or Sundays? Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, he's also got, uh, what else? A 944 race car that he does, the Porsche Club of America, the NASA, NASA races, the 944 cetera, Challenge Canada Series. Oh, he's at Circuit Mont-Tremblant. And just two weeks fun. ago, he sold the right-hand drive 1990 Defender 90. He probably made money on that. I'm sure he Those did. are the cars that are inexplicably going up in value. Hence the car in Spain. Yeah. yeah we yeah. need a car for Spain for Carlos. Yeah. That's the bottom line. Mm-hmm. But now he's using this company Ford F-150 for the winter and towing duties. And That's his wife car. also it's has a forerunner. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Wow. All right. But he does have Hacapalita tires for the M2. And I love well to hear that you're driving done, in winter. sir. I love that you're driving that year-round. Drift-a-palooza in Montreal. Yes. No. Drift-a-palooza on the Hacapalitas. <laughs> that's, that's, I don't know wow. if that's a shirt, but it's sure fun to say. It's something. Just just take a moment wherever you are right now and just see if you could say Drift-a-palooza on the Hacapalitas. Because it is quite fun. Yes. I have to say. I don't want to have this fun, just the two of us. Oh. Anyway. Carlos, I've always been told that the Italian language feels, you know, it's fun to say. It's that's why you learn an, a language, right? Okay. I'm, I'm sure Spanish is the same way. It's fun to say words, so we're inventing <laughs> stuff here. All right, <laughs> so he's saying, guys, ten grand. He's thought of various cars, but keep in mind, it's got to be the five seater for the family. Mm-hmm. And again, importing back to Canada in a while. But you know, he's saying 1990s Alfa Romeo, a Renault, a Peugeot. What do I do? He's kind of all over the map. He even even suggested a Mark II Volkswagen GTI. Because it's of the collectability aspect of it. Okay. Kind of interesting. Five seater is a that's a push right there. That's um how big well, is the family? Yeah, true. Is somebody in the cargo rack and then you've got a trailer hitch too, right? Well but but let's be honest, everywhere but here in the US, that could be used as a five seater car. It's just here we're looking for four more cup holders and a lot more space. <laughs> so, you know. Cup holders are really driving our decision here. They that's really are. Really yeah. the only reason we select cars for you. Pretty much. All right. He thought of importing his E28 M5 over to Spain, but then he can't bear the thought of just driving it only one month out of the year when he's there for vacation and beach fun and that kind of thing. But you know what? I have to wow, actually is this a problem? argue that real quick, Carlos. I have an idea for you that I actually really like, and I have some other okay. recommendations. But when you brought up that twist, I thought, you know what? That's actually a really good argument. Ship the car? Why not? He knows it. He's not going to get something he doesn't know. Okay, I don't know what the costs are going to be to ship it, but it's a car he knows and he already loves. The, I mean, the issue yeah. is he's in Spain once a year. The issue is when he's there, he likes everything about being there except the car he's driving. Why not add an extra layer of icing of while I'm there, I also get to be back in this car I already know and love. It's a known commodity. I, I realize you're not adding a car to the fleet when you move it back, but I, I don't think this is necessarily mm. my top choice. But when you brought that up as a kind of a curveball, I went, why aren't we talking about that seriously? Because if this is just a car for cars and coffee, look, don't get me wrong. <laughs> Which astounds me, by the way. He said yeah, he said the occasional weekend drive, and he does try to track it once a year with the BMW Club. But ultimately, cool. man, I mean, you've got 
you've got cool cars to, for cars and coffee anyway. It's not like you can't go to cars and coffee in your M2. True. It's not like you, you couldn't have a discussion there about your, your 944 race car. Just go to cars and coffee. And he might have taken them already to cars I, and, and coffee. And he may have, but I just Who knows? I feel like, you know what? Why not give, give the E28 M5 a vacation? Put it somewhere oh. new. Give it fun. <laughs> so I think that's a, that's a viable option. I have other ideas, but I still think that's pretty great. I actually went shopping for you, Carlos. I looked at some websites in Spain, Okay. looked at your budget, and there are maybe some things to push on. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of thinking, uh, I, I like your BMW proclivities. Mm-hmm. I like that you're in that world. And there was actually another car that I want to suggest that's out there, but I want you to hear me out because they are so inexpensive currently. Okay. Now, I went to an 05 BMW 120i, so the 1 Series, hmm, but keep in mind, okay. that's the five-door hatch that never came to the U.S. I don't think I it ever came to North America. I see where you're going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see where you're going. So I found one, 186,000 kilometers, so okay. okay, still not bad for ten grand. Five-speed. Now, this has the hmm. lower horsepower. It's not the 130i with the inline six. If you want to hmm. get the more power, you're going to have to spend a little more money. So could we push on that? And then... <laughs> Paul's pushing on the budget. Everybody, everybody brace you. Actually, you know what? You're, all, you're already for it. You're fine. Who am I kidding? You're fine with it. Everybody is collectively... No, nobody's, nobody's surprised. Shaking their heads. Yeah. All right. So then, you know, because when you think, all right, family, we're you know going on vacation. We've got our month. We've got this car to look forward to, mm-hmm. which is also a BMW. It's sort of keeping it in the family, but they're a lot less expensive. And I, yeah. it, they always turn my head, which is so funny. And that... That first generation of the 1 Series appeared in 04, and I'm wondering if that just slides in under your rule, even though, yeah, keep it in Spain for a while and wait for the, you know, 15-year rule to kick in, and then you can import it back. All right. But I'm wondering, my big question is, why are you importing things back if we're shopping to leave the car there. I'm a little well, confused. But I, get the, but I get the impression if he finds something that is unique and different, it'll be the car there for a few years, and then he'll pull it to Canada and be like, can you believe I have one of these? I think it's that's True. kind of the thing. And then he'll write it back and ask us for what else should I get yeah, exactly. in Spain again? Yeah, exactly. Then he'll buy a new Not car from Spain. Yeah, why not? You know, it's, 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 he's slowly building a European car lot in Canada. <laughs> that's really what's happening. I say stick with the BMWs. <laughs> so I, I looked at that one series, and again, they turn my head. when I Whenever we're in Europe, they just... I, Oh yeah, that yeah. cool car. Yeah, They're yeah. not very expensive, and you know, ten grand for the one twenty i. Most of them are diesels. I'll be honest. Most <laughs> of them running around all over sure. Europe are all diesels. Sure, sure. Yeah. I, not probably ideal for track use. Even though, yes, you could make the argument diesels are you know Lamar winners. I get yeah. that. Yeah. But then I went to the o five o six Mazda Speed Six. This was a car released Interesting. globally. Interesting. Yeah. They called it the MS6 or something elsewhere or the yeah. MP6. Or, I don't forget. Yeah, yeah. Again, mm-hmm. you'd have to shop hard for this, but they're inexpensive. Mm-hmm. And that's just a pile in, go beat on it, yeah. turbocharged yeah, yeah. little snarly monster. Yeah, I see that. And I thought, could you search around Barcelona? Because in the big city, obviously, you're going to have a whole lot more choices. Everything that I was searching was, mm. I was trying to center my search in the Barcelona area just to say, all right, okay. big city. Sure, You've yeah. got certainly more options. So those two are the ones I'm landing on. I like your car shipping idea, but then you're spending, for shipping costs, you might as well go buy a car. Possibly. I mean, that, that's the thing. I, I, the only thing I like about that is we end up with a known commodity in Spain. Yeah, and a car that honestly just probably a gets, whole bunch of money though. probably gets driven more than it's getting driven now, and why not? You know, it, it, it's it becomes, probably a wash. The month of driving event. in Spain yeah. equals to 
you know, Probably. 52 yeah. cars and coffees out of the year or something. I don't know. I, I think, I think that's, a, that's a viable reality. I think that could be interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a couple things that I discovered in this process. I love when we wind up shopping somewhere I've never looked at cars before. Isn't it fun? It's very interesting yeah. to just dig into the craziness that is the Internet and be like, I didn't know you could do that over there. <laughs> I forgot about that yeah, car. So, totally. So anyway, I, I've looked up a couple things here, and I've got a p- pages of one of these in front of me. But I had this random thought. Okay. What about an R32 Skyline? Okay. Find one I mean, of those in Europe. I'm not talking GTR. Though? Well, but, but here's the thing, though. His wife's current five-seater, if you will, is an E92 yeah. Coupe, okay. Yeah. That's not a huge car by any means as far as like a bunch of people piling in that. I'd say it's more than a Skyline, though. I, I don't know. I, I, I think because that Skyline we drove was surprisingly roomy. Kids, I mean? go ahead and hop in the trunk. I well, really hey, you know, I don't know how, how big the people are we're dealing with. <laughs> no, here, but, we don't know. But, but the reason I like that one is because of the import reality. That's also okay. an interesting car to okay. import yeah. later. So I think that's a possibility. They're how, certainly inexpensive. How more recently can you go in the Skyline world? Can you do 33s over there? Could you do 34s? And I'm not talking GTRs. I'm talking chase the one just below the, the GTS. Just enjoy it. You know what I mean? And the 15-year rule could get you potentially into the 33s or the 34s I eventually. Agree. I agree. So there's yeah. th- that, that's one thought I had. But I heard all of this BMW love. And I thought, yeah, and what's yeah. interesting is you said you were curious because you looked up BMW possibilities of either an E30 or an E46. Now, the E30 is the 80s icon BMW. Mm-hmm. The E46, for those of you following along, is the early 2000s BMW. And you were concerned because you felt like at this price of, you know, under ten grand or so, they were all, you know, 250 kilometers. That's not what I'm finding. I'm finding M3s with, like, 150 kilometers for ten grand and less, are they in mm-hmm. the in the price range? I'm fi- yeah, I'm f- so for ten grand and less euros, <laughs> which is I mean, ten- that's kind of fun to discover. Exactly. So I, mm-hmm. I've got like right here in front of me, I've got a two thousand black two thousand three M three. So that's the first year of the E forty six. Right. Cool. Hundred and twenty thousand kilometers. Well, that's not bad at all. Eight thousand euros. You're kidding me. No, not at all. And I actually wonder, normally I would not recommend this, but I wonder in this regard, since you've already looked at these, because this is the other reason I went with like the Skyline, because I don't think as any of an E46 is having huge back seats. But if that's going to work for him... They, I think it'd be better than a Skyline. I think the Skyline maybe. is like an FRS. Like you got to. I, I think it's better than that. But I don't the have them legs off. I don't have them back to back here. So, so that's a possibility. I also wondered if you're in Spain, what you're wanting to do is have the car that everybody piles in and drives somewhere. But you also want something fun. And you're in Spain for the summertime. This may be the only time I, I'm going to say get the convertible E46. And they're always cheaper. That is interesting. The used convertibles sure. are always cheaper. Sure. They're not as good a you know, high... Uh, hardcore track car. That's not your purpose. You're driving around Spain with the family with the top down done. I've always kind of questioned why do car manufacturers do the the high horsepower and then they cut the roof off to serve, I don't know, just a few customers Mm -hmm. who won't ever track them because you can't. Yeah. I've never understood that. I think it's just, all right, we got to do that Model 2 kind of thing and a few people buy it. Cool. Well, I I think they genuinely sell well. They don't sell as well to enthusiasts, but I think in general they sell well because it's the, it's the high performance, but it has a convertible. That's a that's a compelling argument if you're the person that commutes in the in the fun car. You know what I mean? I Versus actually drives it for fun. Yeah. So th- that's reality. But honestly, your E46 is viable. And I will also say this: this is actually what got me looking at BMWs in Spain, which is a sentence I've never said. 
<laughs> is actually the E36 M3. Okay. Those are cheap. This Those is are the, very This is the 90s generation yeah. M3. Always dug the four-door version of that car. That's why I think the it's E36 interesting. Four doors. You get the four-door version of the E36. You can definitely get one hundred ten grand. I've got them in front of me here for a hundred thousand or or one hundred thirty thousand kilometers. Oh, they're dirt cheap here. Exactly. So I think that's a viable option. In fact, because of the four seats, I wonder if it's better. Yeah, you're talking four doors. You mean? Sorry, sorry, the four doors. Yeah, so the four just doors. It's certainly more usable. I wonder if it's the better car for the family because of the four doors, and you can still get an M3. So I, I'm going to go. I, I'm kind of surprised to be in a situation here where you like BMWs, and I'm putting you in another BMW. But you've called out these, and I, I dug around and found a lot. Yeah. So I think those are my favorites. It's either I know this sounds weird. It's either the convertible two door E46 from the early 2000s, and everybody dukes a hazards their way into you the know, car it, after just the beach slide day, right? And perfect. It's perfect. Who cares or, about the paint? Right. Or the, the car four door M3 prior gen, the 90s E36. Mm-hmm. Those are my favorites for you, unless you want to go into the world of the Skylines, just because you're thinking about what can I ship. Mm-hmm. Sure. Interesting. There was a color on the 97 M3 that I fell in love with. I think it was only on the four-door. It was a okay. coppery orange Byzans metallic, and I, I fell in love with really? the color. Huh. They're super rare, but whenever you see one, it, it just really set that car off. I always liked the copper cool. on that car, and then now they're just so inexpensive. It's amazing. I mean, hmm. here's look, here's Winter another one. Car? 03 BMW M3, 6,900 euros. 03, first year for that E46, uh, 128,000 kilometers. Sheesh. Yeah, they're four to $8,000 okay. in the States. No well, problem. Well, no, this is, this is the 46. This is the 46. Oh, that's the 46. Are, okay. But still, yeah, I'm amazed. Are, yeah, the yeah, 36s are practically you pocket change. It's crazy. <laughs> Free 36s for everyone. <laughs> How much money you got on you? That, that's enough. I'll take that. That's fine. E36, <laughs> well done. Thank done. you, sir. Deal. All right. Well, Carlos, thank you very much for writing to us. I'm so glad you enjoy the podcast. You've been saying that you've been hooked on it for more than two years now, and he operates and owns a French-Canadian production company. Which is cool. And he does TV shows and travel series and children's shows and all kinds of social media stuff. So he definitely gets it as far as... You know, the the content output, he definitely understands. That's cool. I appreciate and, you saying uh, that. And he's got four kids, but his older boy does not travel with them. So that's hence the five-seater. So that's yeah. why. Yeah, yeah. So that, that works out interestingly. And um, by the way, uh, I'm just going to come back to whatever you drive, you spend a month a year in Spain. Yeah, no kidding. I, mean, I don't care if you're on the Vespa. That's a pretty good month, okay? <laughs> I'm just saying. That, that's not a bad way to be. All right, Carlos. We'll share the whole podcast with your company. Hello, company. Hope you're all well. Thank you for writing in. If you've got your own car debate, everydaydrivertv at gmail.com is the direct email address for the show. That's for anything, of course. But then uh, you can use it for the car debate and then also on the everydaydriver.com under the About tab over in the far top yep. right. There's a yep, contact yep. form right there, contact button. Write to us, tell us your story, and uh, we really appreciate it when you write in. We've got a quick break, and then we'll be right back. When it comes to technology, there can be a big difference between consumer grade and business class. Just like with airlines, when you step up, there's a reason. There are benefits. HP and Intel are excited about their business line of products, laptops focused on the prosumer. Many modern consumer-grade processors and mobile operating systems prioritize the battery life over the processing power. Business class PCs often offer both better performance and longer battery life, and they allow users to work faster and longer while they're on the road. Ask me how I know I've done this for years in the tech industry. And when you're searching for good laptops for graphic design or industrial design, you've got every right to be picky. 
HP has been a go-to choice for designers for years because their powerful laptops combine serious performance with a streamlined user interface. They strive to serve the pros, the beginners, and everybody in between. The HP Elite PCs are designed for heavy-duty reliability. We're talking 115,000 hours, that's right, of HP's testing on these standards to ensure they're durable. These business class devices are bundled with software that sometimes isn't even available at the lower levels or is an extra premium to get it. It comes right on these PCs. Every Elite HP PC comes with HP Elite Premium Support. That's 24-7, 365 dedicated people there to help you with your computer that isn't available on the consumer-grade products. I've used HP business class PCs for years, and I know that support is crucial, as is the processing power, as is the build quality, and they deliver. You can get an extra 10% off on select 8th generation Intel powered HP PCs with the code DRIVER until September 17th, 2018. Go to slash driver. This whole car buying process that Todd and I talk about all the time, you think to yourself, why can a car park itself these days, but we have to drive across town to take a test drive if we want to just try out a new car? You might also be asking, why can we all get approved for a mortgage in lightning speed, but buying a new car takes an entire day? And finally, how can a home test service tell my entire ancestry for the past millennium, but I don't get to see the price and it's hidden from me for a new car until I actually buy it? Hyundai is solving this. They've got the future of car buying here now with their Shopper Assurance Program. They'll give you flexible test drives, test drives that come to you. How cool is that? Transparent pricing for your convenience. You can know what the car's price is. A streamlined purchase process. You don't have to spend the whole day at the dealer. And even a three-day worry-free exchange. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for all the information. That's HyundaiUSA.com for their brand new Shopper Assurance Program. When you think of the things you do every day, maybe it's brushing your wheels to clean them, but brushing your teeth probably isn't top of your mind. For something that's so important to your health, and it should be, that's why Quip wants to help you brush better. Quip was called the best electric toothbrush by GQ and the Tesla of toothbrushes by Bloomberg. My son has a toothbrush with a timer on it. It makes Star Wars Darth Vader noises, and so he knows how long to brush. But you become an adult, and you just it's this subconscious thing you do. Quip's got a built-in timer. It actually vibrates and indicates when you need to change the size of your mouth, and it also tells you how long to brush so you get the dentist-recommended two minutes. I'm attracted to this just by the design alone. It's slim. It's slender. I really appreciate the design of this toothbrush. 75% of us don't refresh our bristles every three months, let alone visit the dentist every six months. Quip starts at just $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash driver right now, you'll get your first refill pack free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That's your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash driver. Let me spell that so we're clear. This is G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash driver now. Technology Truths, brought to you by GEICO. Technology Truths. Truth, you will certainly send any text about your supervisor to your supervisor. What's with Janet's bangs? Did she lose a bet with a weed whacker? <laughs> LOL. And sent. Wait, no, 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 no. Truth, it's so easy to switch and save on car insurance at GEICO.com. Janet, I think my phone was hacked or something. GEICO, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Hey guys, I think I've mentioned this before, but I actually used to host a country music station 
We have a new sponsor. It's Wrangler Jeans. And I read the copy and I thought, there's only one way to do this. Deep breath, Wrangler Jeans. You ready? Everybody has a favorite pair of jeans. The pair that fits perfectly and always looks great. The pair you wear out at night. At home, on the couch, at work, wherever. No one knows this better than Wrangler, the authority on jeans. Using their expertise in comfort and durability and applying it to a new line of modern fits and styles. Wrangler jeans are made for the modern-day adventurers, the go-getters, the folks who like to keep moving. Whether you ride a bike, a bronc, a skateboard, or even drive a car. Classic or modern styles, a range of fits, a price that works for everyone. We've even got vintage re-releases. Wrangler has something for everybody. Visit Wrangler.com and check out their great selections of jeans, shirts, pants, outerwear, all for men and women. Wrangler. Denim made for the modern world. That was proper. Yeah. If you're looking to buy a car, you're probably familiar with the term MSRP. You might even know what that stands for, but do you know what it actually means? And how about invoice or list price or dealer price? It's enough to confuse anybody. All you're really looking for is a price that actually means something. Introducing True Price from True Car. Now you can know exactly what you'll pay for the car you want, including fees and accessories, before you even arrive at the dealership. True Car dealers will show you the true price on cars like the one you want, all from the comfort of your house. How do you know if your true price is a great price? Because True Car shows you what other people paid for the same car you want. And your certified dealer knows this. So they'll set their true price competitively so they can win your business. So when you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features are not available in all states. Jordan in San Jose, California is thinning the herd. He's thinning out the collection. <laughs> Only a little bit. Only in the, all in the name of the business. Only a because tiny, it's a write-off. tiny bit. Well, yes. yeah. So he writes to us and says, I recently decided to reduce the size, thin out the collection. He said six <laughs> vehicles at one time is a little much. With a two-car garage. <laughs> but he stores a few at his work studio shop. Yeah. But he says it's getting a little much to keep up on maintenance and washing and driving and decide... Which one shall I drive today while raising kids and running a business? So ideally, he'd like to get it down to four total or five at the most. Yes. The Six. problem is there's two that will stay. This is the problem. And, and I'm going to go ahead and start there. Jordan... You've got an interesting list of cars. I'm going to list these six real quick. Delightful, we'll talk actually. about the one that has already gone. This was the six you had up until very recently. Focus ST, your daily driver. Mm -hmm. Your wife has an E92 e, E328i uh, coupe. So that's a BMW of the prior to the current Gen 3 series, if that makes any sense. Yeah, right. This is the coupe version, not the M3, her daily driver. A Toyota 4Runner. You just sold your Ford Transit cargo van, which was your business for uh, for commercial photography. That was your business van, and you thought, if I really need something that big, I'll just rent something. Bravo to you on that. And then here are what I'm going to declare are the problem children. Oh, no. No, they're not. They're the problem children. What are you talking about? We have six cars listed. I see no problem. One is a, nine, uh, a Porsche 993 C2 Coupe. This is a mid-'90s mm. uh 911. Gorgeous cars. Done. And also a 1970 911 E Coupe. The problem is that both of these are staying. I don't see it as a problem. I know you don't see it as a problem. Well, don't. But when we're talking about thinning the herd and you're keeping both of those cars, mm. I, I'm, it's a tough love here, man. I'm going to say, what about the 1970 going Ooh. and the 993 staying? Ooh. You're not going to go for it. You're already shaking your head at me and considering turning off the podcast. I get it. But, Jordan, <laughs> this is my tough love moment for you because if you really want to, to, to call this herd, so to speak— you have two 
classic 911s. And they're both classics. I like it. And they are different. We've driven them all. I know. Yes, yes. But the 993 is kind of the pinnacle of the old air-cooled world. Let's all agree on that. And the, the, the 1970 gets what you describe as occasional weekend use. So that's, that's code for this car sits. It is, but he's so, got it. I know, but right. the 993 gets weekend use and actual canyon runs, and occasionally he actually puts it into driving events. That car's getting driven, and it should be driven. Yeah. I'm not actually... I didn't answer your question getting rid of one of those 911s. I'm going to respect the fact that you're keeping them both, but I'm just... I'm putting the splinter in <laughs> he's your needling brain. He's you, yes. I'm putting the splinter in your brain. It's all I'm doing. All right. Well, Jordan says the vehicles that he's willing to trade out... Right now are the ST. He says it's almost two years old and only has 8,000 miles. He has six cars. How do you put miles on these cars? He well, has six cars. It's, it's genuine effort, mm-hmm. I suppose. And he said maybe his wife's 328i, but she likes it. She bought it herself a few years back. Mm-hmm. It's paid for. She's not really a car person, so he's a little hesitant to really talk to her into selling it. Yeah. It's only worth thirteen grand right now. Yeah. All right. He does say the Porsches are long-term keepers. I know. I'm pushing you on it, Jordan. I know, but I'm, <laughs> says, I'm, I understand I don't it. want to have to buy those again. <laughs> okay. All right. I, I'm laughing at that. And he likes the Focus because he can chuck it around. It's hunable. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to baby it. He parks yeah. it wherever, yeah, takes sure. his kids to school, wherever, what they're, whatever they're doing. But he's looking at the manual transmission going, all right. Uh, the commute's only 15 minutes, but he's got errands. The average mm-hmm. workday, he says, he's kind of longing for the automatic or maybe something with a good DSG, good yeah, dual clutch. Sure, sure, sure. Like yeah. that. So as I said, they're in San Jose. Traffic, yes, is... Uh, this is why the manual sucks. Yeah, You're in San Jose. Does. I mean, I, honestly, I'm impressed that you tough. like commuting in the Focus ST as much as you do because, let's be honest, uh, it's got a fairly stiff suspension, not as bad as the RS, but it's got a fairly stiff suspension. I mean, that's a car that you know is much better away from commuting. Mm-hmm, so I see where mm-hmm. you're going for sure. And he says he does the occasional Saturday morning runs up to Alice's Diner on Skyline Drive. Oof. I got up there. I, I uh, had a small meetup up there uh, mm-hmm. when I was working for Waymo, mm-hmm. Waymo Food up at Alice's Restaurant. You had Waymo Food, yes. It's uh, Waymo Car Show up there, as a matter of fact. That's like the hangout because the roads, there's I think three different roads that converge on Alice's Diner. And it's everybody shows up. It is the hangout place. It's awesome. I love it. It is really cool. All right. So he does get up there every so often. But, you know, he was thinking when he bought this Focus ST, he'd, he knew he'd only have it a year or two. Because mm-hmm. his wife doesn't – she doesn't drive stick. He's not going to go there and, and try to teach her. He just <laughs> He's like, it's just not worth the fight. There's, she just, she'll just drive automatic and I'll drive stick and we'll both be happy. There we go. <laughs> Low on the priority That's how list. that works. I get it. All right. So what he wants is four doors, Mm -hmm. seats at least four, some kind of dual clutch gearbox, and he doesn't really want a tiny back seat. Mm -hmm. Okay. He also wants something fairly new, hoonable. He used to get a BMW 540 a little bit loose when he took the kids to the donut shop. Sounds like a good Saturday to me. Yes, you do. Thanks, Mm -hmm. Dad, for the donuts and the burnouts and the donuts and the... (laughs) Right. (laughs) When I was growing up, my father... Was obsessed with donuts. He w- he was not a hooner, by the way. I'm just thinking. I'm thinking about this story I'm about to tell, plugged into the reality of it's Saturday morning and we're hooning our way to donuts. My father would get us donuts when we would go out on Saturday mornings. But he was, and, and we didn't drive nice cars, by the way. This is even before the world of the Caprices. This is how young I was. Oh my god, these were terrible, like '70s, awful Chevys. 
But he would actually lay out, this is my dad, he would lay out newspaper on the laps of my sister and I and then give us a donut so that the when the powdered what? sugar fell off, it fell onto the newspaper and that didn't get ground into the seats. Of his terrible car. Now I'm taking that scenario and I'm envisioning Jordan with his kids in the backseat with their hands in the air and donuts flying while he does burnouts. And I prefer Jordan's story. I really do. <laughs> Jordan, it just occurred to me. Is this an entendre and it's a play on words where there's no actual pastries involved? Kids, we're going to the donut shop. We're going for donuts. Yeah. We just there you did go. donuts. We didn't actually buy anything. No we just food. went for donuts. Yeah. <laughs> I, okay, I get it. All right. So he's got this short list here. That's got a Ford Raptor on it. Well, he says... He Welcome says, to the hard left turn. Yeah, well, this is that thing that always happens that I tease you about because because you'll, you'll spend you know 50% more than somebody's budget. <laughs> and everybody goes, what are you doing, Paul? And then they write back and like, well, I doubled my budget. And that yeah, happens all the by time. by the way, this does happen, his, I will say. People his blow budget, my recommendations. Totally. His budget is 25 to 45 grand, and he only wants to buy used. And then he has in parentheses, <laughs> except for the Raptor, which a is Raptor? A, neither in the budget, or B, used. <laughs> right. Okay, so first of all, let's dive into the, the first selections he's thinking yeah. about. Is a Golf R, so the Mark VI with a DSG. He said, if I sold the Focus ST, it seems like a good, you know, I could upgrade utility well, it'd be, sleeper. It'd be the Mark Seven for the DSG, but keep going. Yeah, yeah. He says it tunes easy. It does, yeah. And perhaps the wife could grow to like it, and mm-hmm. he could get rid of the BMW at some point, you know, or should we just end up with a 4Runner and this for the daily driver? But he's not sure she'll ever love all right, so she's not impressed by the looks, mm-hmm. and he might be happy with the GTI, you know, stage one tuning, that kind of thing. So keep that in mind as I move to the next one, which is an Audi S4, the B8 mm-hmm. generation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which he also says, how about a stage one tune? Thinking, okay, is this a pattern? Are we <laughs> this, tuning until we like it? This is a pattern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tune yeah. it up, like, just get it, like, oh, I yeah. kind of love yeah. you, but tune, I'm just going to keep tuning. Yeah, yeah, frightening. Huh, Okay. Cayenne S or GTS, slightly I like used. I like that, yeah. Those good. are with the V8s up to 2014. Mm-hmm. After 2015, or after 2014, in the new 2015 model, they went to the turbocharged V6. Yes. Those are fast, by the way. Still crazy fast and fun. Yeah. Yes. They go really fast. Anyway, so he says also the wife could grow to love this. I think more than you think, even, but yeah. Maybe. Probably. M235 is on the list, except for the two doors. He says, I think I would like driving this the best. Mm-hmm. Also a donut shop kind of car, maybe? Possibly. Hmm. And then the Raptor. 2018 Raptor. (laughs) Jordan says, it's a little nuts, I know. Yeah, it's a lot Forget the budget. Forget the used cars. Let's just go for a Raptor. Jordan, you know what? I feel you on this, though, because I inexplicably (laughs) want a Raptor, too. And and I at least, I will say this to you, Jordan. I at least live in Park City, Utah. Yeah, there's some I could go find use. some road here that actually goes, maybe my Raptor matters. In San Jose, you don't need a Raptor. He's but got I, the beach. But I still feel you. I still <laughs> feel the desire that you have. Just I just like to have a Raptor. There's no reason mm. for it, but why not? I, so I'm, I'm, I'm kind of quietly applauding you here in spite of the fact that I'm actually outwardly shaking my head. Well, he says his wife does like trucks and she's into horses, and so he's stroking his chin. Virtually, I can see you yes. doing this. Yes, yes. He's also got a Dodge Charger scat pack on here. Which he kind of talked himself out of due to its size, but he said it could be fun for a while. And it's maybe. massive. It is massive. They're uh, yes. gigantic. All right. So he has a long list of stuff that he's driven, which is interesting. I mm-hmm. like that you're starting to drive things. M2 is sure. on the list. E90 M3 is on the list. Mm-hmm. The cool. GLA 45 AMG might come to your mind as the perfect car, but he says the backseat is tiny. Mm-hmm. If you think the backseat is tiny on that, 
then the M235i isn't going to be that much bigger. Well, and it, it sounds on, like you need something bigger than both of those. It depends on what we're replacing, though. If we're replacing his wife's car, we certainly do. Yeah. We could slice this up a number of different ways. Many, many ways. I've, I've actually dealt with this a couple of different, different ways. Yeah. I think the Toyota could go, actually, at some point. I think It doesn't sound like he's in love with it. That's actually my lead point here. Really? Because I know I pushed you, Jordan, already. I, I'm just making you uncomfortable. It wasn't my intention, but I just started <laughs> looking at this as going, I'm going to start asking some hard questions here. So Poking even, the bear. Even though you know, I think one of the 911s could go, and I know you're crying because the Porsche, the 1970 911 that you have is reminiscent of your dad's early 1979-11. I get it. I get mm-hmm. it. I get it. But you could move on. Anyway, <laughs> I'm going to move on. Uh, but I, I actually think that the Forerunner is the car that's not loved in this lineup. I think it's just, this does that thing I need. Yeah. you know. But you've already said you don't want to daily drive it. You use it for your photography gear. I mean, when you it does need it. have that need, obviously, for business. Yes, there is that does but exist. You've also said that if you have a bunch of gear to take, you could rent something, and you say that that's not that frequent. Mm-hmm. So all mm-hmm. of this leads me to think: I think the Forerunner really could go, and we have a lot more flexibility. I'm of the mind, honestly. We're talking about paring this down. We've got five cars in contention. I'm going to leave the 911. I'm going to sell the other three. The Forerunner, the BMW, and the Focus ST. I'm killing them all, and I'm okay. replacing them with two cars. Okay. What are you doing? A couple. A couple. Here's the thing. You mentioned early on, I just want to side note to this real quick. You talked about the Golf R DSG, and you asked, is this that much better than a GTI if you're just commuting in it? No. Just get the GTI, tune that, and be happy. Mm-hmm. You don't need a Golf R. That is a prospect here. But, but, if you don't want to go GTI, because your wife isn't that interested in it, that's the thing I'm noting here. Mm-hmm. What about this? You're a Porsche guy. You want a good DSG for your wife. You need four seats, four real seats, four doors. I like your Cayenne, but why is the Panamera not on this list? Hmm. Interesting point. You sell those three cars, the Focus, the 4Runner, and the BMW. You get a used Panamera, not a hair on fire Panamera. Doesn't have to be the top end no, turbo or no. even a GTS. You've got you've got forty grand, forty five grand to spend. You can get a Panamera at this point. You could get yourself a nice four S. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Get yourself a Panamera. I can see that. That becomes your wife's car, and it becomes a car that if you need, if you personally need four doors one day, you can swap her with your daily that is now an M two thirty five I. Wait, were you suggesting the GTI? No, and no, no, no. I was. I wanted to sidestep the GTI. Sorry, that was confusing. I wanted to sidestep to the GTI really quickly and just say, you could do that. I would go GTI. Okay, but you're not including far. that in the. But recipe. I'm not including that in the recipe okay. because your wife is not a fan. Okay, all right, all right. So I'm sitting here thinking, wife in the Panamera, you in an M235i, and you have a con- that conversation in the morning of I need four doors today. So she takes the M235i, which has that nice uh, ZF in it. Okay, mm-hmm. it's got a good automatic. The Porsche's got a good automatic, and it's got four doors and decent hatch space, four real seats. You two trade off who gets which car today. I think you're going to both like both of them. You have the M2, this is your garage now, the M235, the Panamera, and the two classic 911s. That's pretty awesome. And I think you get everything done. There might be conversations where you need a little more space, but the Panamera's seats do fold down. They do. It's great space, and it's there. got a decent amount. Of, it's not. It's not cavernous, but it's got a decent amount of space. Hmm. And I think you would love driving that car as a commuter, and you would like it when you got it on a nice back road. And I feel the same way about the M two thirty five. And here I am trying to get you into that Raptor somehow, Jordan. <laughs> I didn't do that. I even sold the Forerunner. Yeah, you did. I don't think Jordan likes me, but that's what I'm doing anyway. 
I'm actually selling all three cars too. Keeping the Porsches. Don't worry, Jordan. I know. Got your of back. You did. Yeah. But I, I'm not hearing a lot of love. Like you, I'm I'm kind of thinking. All right, maybe your wife wants to just keep driving hers. If she's not really into cars, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's fine. It's paid for. As you said, it's not worth that much. So you could just keep driving it and she's happy with it. Wonderful. Yeah. 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 If that's the case, there's no reason to, you know, upset the apple cart, I guess. Perfectly safe call. There's nothing wrong with that call. You know, but I'm kind of looking at those three thinking, ah, I'm not seeing a whole lot of um, relation. It just kind of, they're band-aids, I suppose. Mm -hmm. They kind of fix it. And even you were saying, I'm not going to hold on to this Focus ST. So I was wondering, could I push on your budget? Which, by the way, was uh, where is it here? It was twenty-five to forty-five, I think. Yeah, twenty-five to forty-five thousand, and that was only kind of getting the focus off the lawn. Correct. So we—that's why I'm going above that because I think you get rid of all three, and we've got all kinds of flexibility now. Right, right. And that forerunner is pretty new. You could probably get mm-hmm. fair fair price for that mm-hmm, for sure. Okay, so I actually was thinking about now. Stay with me. Okay. You mentioned Panamera, which I love, mm-hmm. but at a lower price, you could go Audi A7. A great, great alternative. I agree with that. Which is very similar in architecture as True. far as the True. usability about what we're talking about and here. And you could get more for your money. You get a newer one out of that. And also, the Kia Stinger is still on my list here. Okay. Because it's new, yeah. and keep in mind, it was designed by Peter Schreier, who did come from Audi. This is true. And the head, Albert Bierman of BMW's M Performance Division. Yeah. So it they does a lot kind of, of have the German roots and look at it with different eyes. Mm-hmm. If still the answer is no, that's just fine. I'm just it's saying it's viable. It's in that range to be pretty new for their 35 to 37 for a GT, slightly used. To get into one. And here's the thing. If he spends 45, you know what? I will say this. I'll back your play on this. This is going to sound crazy, Jordan, but I'm not kidding. You and your wife take a Saturday and go drive a Panamera, an A7, and a new Kia Stinger, and have an honest conversation about those three cars. Those are actually kind of right in the sweet spot of, I agree. of architecture. I mean, you and I drove the 430i from BMW, mm-hmm. which is what Kia claims their benchmark is. Yeah, the 4 Series. That's true. Yeah. The Grand Coupe, yeah, yeah, yeah. But which Audi is viable A7, as well. Yeah. You know, yeah, those three would be an excellent Saturday afternoon. It's mm-hmm. like, okay. But I think at 45... Price 40, points are very different. At 45, you're not going to get into that BMW. So maybe if you got a year or two older, maybe. But mm, at no, 45, you've got A7, either. a few years old uh, Panamera, and a new Stinger would be a fascinating conversation for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like you're you're doing well on driving the Porsches. Continue to pull them out and drive them often. <laughs> drive them a lot or get rid of one. I'm Porsches sorry, don't like to sit, there. by the yeah, way. Agreed. They actually are better the harder and faster you drive them. It sounds strange, but they it I've just, seen it to be true. It's part of the magic. Yeah. All right, so I liked your Golf R suggestion. I liked uh, an S3 or an S4 when you were talking about Golf R. If that appeals to you, it's more kind of usable, actually, even though the Golf R is a four-door. Yeah. But I just thought, well, maybe that S3, S4 size. But then I keep coming back to this Kia Stinger A7 and squeezing a Raptor in there somewhere. If that really (laughs) intrigues you and you can really justify it. You don't need a Raptor. I don't recommend daily driving the Raptor, but no. people do around here. Yeah, It yeah, yeah. does For happen. Sure. For sure, yeah. Of course it does. So I'm does. just saying it it is kind of on the table-ish. <laughs> There's like Jose one finger on the table here. Commute in a Raptor. Because if she kind of starts to get into it and you guys are getting into the horse thing and yeah. 
you've you've got some usability here and then it just sort of leaves the door open for the future of what fun little small car could i add i see what you're saying you're 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 just offsetting it in one direction for leaving the, yeah. it out there because a stinger a7 panamera is a pretty big car it is good size car yeah i mean maybe a little smaller than a charger but but he could he could get a lot of usability out of it that's where i think the forerunner can go though is we're getting into cars like that but then think of your wife wants to daily drive the new Stinger or A7 or Panamera. Mm-hmm. You bomb around in the Raptor to your commercial photography. That thing will hold stuff. Yeah, it will. You can yeah, will. go flying over Drive over traffic. Anything. Just, just <laughs> exactly. take the... There's not an off-ramp there, but I'm using it anyway. You don't even yeah. have to drop it into low. Okay, so I'm, I'm trying to fit that in there, surprisingly. <laughs> I don't know where that money comes you from. You recommended Porsche. I recommended a Raptor. Yeah, we're, we're, we're having an odd evening. This yeah. is strange. All right, well... Guys, thank you for writing to us. We've got to jump to social media here because there are so many questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of Golf R, Drew V spotted the uh, the VW offering the Golf R now in 40 different colors. Yeah. Have you seen this it's piece almost, of news? It's almost paint to sample. Yeah. Which is kind of cool, I, yeah. I, yeah, I yeah. think. It, it's a way to start differentiating things more. And I think on the Golf R, it's got to be little spicy performance models that you do that. Mm-hmm. But styling is key. You can't do that on something that is... Very trendy looking or overstyled. The Golf R is probably as far as I push it, as far as a styling yeah. on that car. Well, they, I, I kind of dig this though. They're they're so conservative and they keep remodeling that. It's almost less of a change than the 911s go through, and that's saying something. It's like the new yeah. Golf looks like the old. Go- did I did I miss it? Is that the old photo? Yeah, it's, it's almost like that. It's when they put up two photos and say spot the differences, and you accidentally pick the old one. Like seriously, is that the new? it's almost that way. Are the fog lights. What did you? I can't. But but this almost sounds like, you know, well, this model's almost over. How do we sell them? You know, I got a lot of paint in the back. I mean, oh, it almost feels like that. <laughs> hey, paint was on sale. Yeah. It, that feels like a marketing move. I, I can clear coat any of those colors. Why not? Let's However, do it. However, I do think it's cool because yeah. that is, you know, Germans like, okay, we're we're moving past the history of the diesel thing and we're trying to and we're offering, Have some fun. we're offering more than silver and gray. I will ap- applaud I for that. I do reason. like that. More than silver, gray, and black. Mm-hmm. And, and the Golf R's do come in a really cool blue. But let's go nuts. I do. Look, I'm the color guy, I admit. <laughs> yeah. But it does feel like I thought the, you would have gone nuts for this. Well, but because it does feel like the last gasp of the... Because I, I like the BMW idea in reverse, which is BMW will offer some crazy color year one of a new model. Which is kind of cool. This is Volkswagen kind of doing the opposite of going, well, it's going out, but maybe we'll sell a few like this. Spray some color at this thing. Yeah, anyway. See if they sell. All right. Yeah, I I thought it was cool. I mean, turquoise, golf R's. I mean, I'm not buying one, but, you know, (laughs) just saying. Not for you, we understand. Somebody might want a turquoise golf R. You'd rather have silver. I get it. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to start with a difficult one. Chris Black, the analog dream car edition of Track Daily Crush. Did you see this? Oh, yeah. This just goes right for the jugular. The uh, the Carrera GT, uh-huh. the Ferrari F40, and the McLaren F1. Bummer. Track daily crush. <laughs> Bummer. <laughs> All right, where'd you go with this? Did you make a decision? Mm. Are you still waffling? Yeah, no, I actually have a decision. I have a decision. All right, okay. Though I think these are almost like shuffle the deck and pull them out in whatever order you want. Yeah. I really think tracking the F40... Dailying the McLaren F1. If I have one, I'm Ooh. going to assume I have the money to actually daily it. That's that's some baller right that's there. That's some money. Because, you know, Jay Leno's told the story about the $8,000 wipers or something ridiculous like that. Yeah. But why not? Let's yeah. just daily that car. And then the Carrera GT gets crushed. I hate to say it. Wow. But, and that V10 is, is kind of magical, and I hate to say that. But I think compared to the other two, 
the the Ferrari I've mentioned the Ferrari F40 before. That just feels like a car I want to take to the track just to see which one of us ends up dead. I mean, that really is the bottom line. You know, it just feels like a car to go out and try to master, and it doesn't wow. feel like a car. I mean, the, the number of times I've sat in one, I always think when I sit in one, this makes the Lotus Elise seem nice. It's just, it's as bare as can be. Now, the McLaren F1 is not a nice cabin either, but no. that's just an event. That should be fun to drive for the heck of it. It would. I mean, that's, yeah, turbocharged Ferrari V8. Ah, I'm I'm struggling with this. I'm genuinely struggling because I'm not I I wouldn't say my love for Ferrari is great, but for that car, yeah, it's way up there. Yeah, for sure. I can't for dismiss sure. this car just because there's a Porsche in the lineup. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, they upgraded the the interior of the F40 is like we selected the office carpet. Yeah, to upgrade. Yeah. it's like yeah. the stuff that the high treadwear, high traffic pattern kind of carpet. <laughs> exactly. It was the you upgrade. Can, you can see the sealant in that door. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Uh, I'm I'm dailing the McLaren F1 too. Okay, because it's got you know the passenger seats, and you're going to want to take everybody everywhere. Yeah, exactly. How fun would because, that car be? Because it's actually the most usable of these three cars. You can go <laughs> to the grocery store, and you could put stuff on both sides of you. You Perfect. could. Yeah. Huh. It's practically a utility vehicle. I'm I'm having trouble with. Oh man, <laughs> I I mean the Carrera GT is essentially a race car. It's designed to be tracked. The clutch yeah. is tiny. Yeah. It's a little race car clutch, and yeah. that's what it's it's designed Big for. Big V ten. It's madness. Yeah. Uh, I I <laughs> see. If if I here's my problem. If I don't select the Porsche, uh huh, then the world will implode. Right. Supposedly. We're we're all very concerned about that reality. Should should we move on? Do I have to leave you here? Because I'm uh, actually wondering if I've just gotten you stuck. I didn't I, mean to get you I'm stuck. Stuck. I I may I may have to reluctantly crush that Ferrari, but it's not easy. I will. All right. I will admit it's not easy. That is a really crisp bravo on that one. Cause that's, that's genuinely a very hard one. Uh, Dietz Jordan wrote in and said, he's coming out to the uh, October meetup. Very cool. I'm glad to see you. Uh, I met you in Dallas. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, so that'll be cool cool. to see you again. You're asking about coming to the Salt Lake area. What should you rent on Turo? You're not really coming to the track day. You're going to come to the other stuff. Uh, that's at least that's the impression that I get the road tour. I would recommend something rear wheel drive. And Mm. and I, I don't think you have to be picky. Grab a, an MX-5 from Turo. I, you, where we're going is not going to be high horsepower required. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Uh, I think you would enjoy just having something rear-wheel drive and just enjoy that on this really fun back road. And I'll go on another, another one. I just the second thought of this, now back to MX-5s. Depending upon what the weather's like, it'll be early October. It's first week of October. Yeah, right. It might be perfect convertible weather. Hmm. You could do the road tour with the top down. Just yeah, if it gets cool, blast the heater. Yeah, but maybe maybe not. I'm not saying you should definitely get a convertible. I think or you should scarf. definitely pursue. Yeah, that that's all a jaunty <laughs> scarf and a little hat. Scarf. Anyway, letter. yes. Um, what is I don't know the the, the flat topped <laughs> British hats and a scarf. It's gonna be perfect. No, I'm right. actually not saying go get a get a convertible, but I am saying get something rear wheel drive and just enjoy. Mm. All right. What uh, what question am I looking at here? Oh. Well, Dual Rockwell asked about what companies we can or can't talk about due to prospective sponsorships or lack thereof, which was kind of interesting. And he was talking about Griots when we were kind of alluding to them. Well, it's it's not that we don't want to you know mention them, but it's kind of free airtime, free advertising. Mm-hmm. And so if, if something's pending, we try to back off and not mention anything until there's some kind of deal there. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. otherwise, you know, we're obviously not afraid to talk about the things that are our favorites. We love Turo. Mm-hmm. Happy to talk about them. Yeah. 
I, well, uh, tire racks come up before, but they've never been a sponsor. I'd love to have them as a sponsor. Yeah. But they uh, operate a great service, and they're kind of the best at it. So it's going to come up. We're going to mention it, you know? Mm-hmm. For sure. All right. Uh, there was also a really easy question here from Snow White MR2. Uh-oh. What's the best place in the world to live as a car enthusiast? Oh, you think this is an easy question? Okay. It, it's, it's like lower than low-hanging fruit. All right. Tell me. A tent next to the ring. <laughs> With a hot plate, you're right. You're a right. Sleeping bag. That pretty much is and my GT3. That is, is pretty much actually. That's a large percentage of the town of Nurburg right there. You see a shack. I'll you take, see a shack. I'll take the shack with a GT3 guesthouse. outside of it. You have never seen so many GT3s as there are in that town, and it's a town of. I'm not kidding you. Hundreds of local residents. Yeah, not thousands. Hundreds. Great restaurants, a BMW dealership with competition M3 sitting in the front window. Yes. And the ring. Yes. That is very, very funny. Delightful. <laughs> that is the best. I, I hadn't gone Done. there. You're right. That is the answer. I'll, I'll live in a dilapidated, you have to walk to the bathroom outside through the forest to get I to the bathroom. I think some of those I'll, people do live that I'll way. I'll brush my teeth with leaves and carve my own bamboo toothbrush. Nice. Fine. As I long think, as I can have a GT3. I think they walk past the fin of their GT3. <laughs> all the way to the outhouse. I think those houses <laughs> exactly. really do exist in that town. I'm sure they do. It's beautiful. But it's yeah. madness, yeah. What else do you need? Uh, Project WRX15 said he's he's considering getting the upcoming Supra as his first ever rear-wheel drive car. Wow. Very cool. He's had a Maxima. He's had a Sentra SER, uh, WRX, et cetera. Uh, so he's, he's asking the question, uh, kind of, is this too much? Is this too much? Should I get an 86 first? My feeling is this. Look, I really like the, the 86 chassis. I'm a huge fan of it. I think it's a car that can you can learn a lot from. It can teach you. It's not going to get away from you. It's, it's a fantastic car. I, I think it is in that category like the MX-5 where somebody that isn't a good driver can drive it and enjoy it, and somebody that's a fantastic driver can get more out of it than you ever imagined. It's one of those chassis. Okay, so I like the 86 a lot. But my feeling is, looking at the stuff you've had, I think you're going to be distracted by, I wish this had more power, shouldn't I have gotten the Supra? Mm. Mm. So my feeling for you is, okay, get the Supra. First rear-wheel drive car, but it's not like you haven't driven stuff with power based on the way you're kind of describing your cars. So I think you get the Supra, but then I'm going to back you on one other thing, though. Get the Supra and go to some driving instruction. I like it. Yep. And and ease your way into that car. Don't don't get it. Don't be one of those people that gets it and you see how often you can floor it out of the dealership. Let's <laughs> ease you in a little bit. Let's let's go to high performance let's driving day. Ease you know? into things. So I think if you get some instruction in it, you'll really like it quick. I like that. All right. Uh Sam Cron three twenty one wrote to us with an interesting question. He said, what can a teenage car enthusiast who is not bringing, bringing his beloved 92 Volvo 740 wagon to college? That's what, cool. What can he do to keep his passion alive? He's going to Wayne State University in Detroit, swimming and studying journalism. And he said, I bet, bet you can't guess my career goal. <laughs> swimming journalist? <laughs> journalist about swimming. Hey, I, I no, was in anyway. swimming in high school and... Water so polo so and, you like cars. We're glad yeah, to have you with us like for sure. Cars. All right. So he says, uh, you know, what are your thoughts on classic Volvo bricks? I always liked the 850 turbo wagons. I from the 90s, huge fan. Yeah. I just thought they were the coolest. Well, I'm, we're all conjuring you. images of wagon uh wagon what was it? The white, yellow and blue The British livery. Touring Car Championship yeah, on two wheels. The, the, yes. the Volvo wagon yes. race cars spanking other drivers. That looks yes. awesome. Yeah. I love that. Sam, focus on the weekends. 
uh, yeah, you know, focus on your, your journalism career and, and college and, you know, all that stuff during the week classes, but cars and coffee and events. And mm. is there, you know, an on-campus car enthusiast club or maybe even off campus or yeah. other colleges yeah, yeah, like that it. have car enthusiasts and Hey, we meet on Saturdays or whatever. And then mm-hmm. the cars and coffee that are of course all across Detroit. I mean, yeah, get up to visiting museums, get out on like weekends and there's so much to go see and do in Detroit. Well, and if you've got, look, you're going to be a college kid. So stuff may be really tight, but if you have the opportunity money-wise to treat yourself every now and then, mm. Detroit's bound to have halfway decent cars in Turo. Yeah, very If you have very, no car company. in college and the weekend's coming up, spend a little bit of money, get an interesting car for the weekend just to drive something unique. Why not? That could yeah. be fun. Even if it's a low-cost something. Um, of course. Absolutely. MX-5 or something. Absolutely. You just get MX-5, out and somebody's go find got a, a Fiesta road. ST or whatever. Just rent something that's not crazy, but just rent something you haven't driven before that you know would be fun. Sure. Try it out. I'm not saying this is an every weekend thing. That could get really expensive, but let, you know, once a once a month, once every couple of months, that could mm-hmm. be a fun way to just feed the itch of just, that was a mix of metaphors, but you know what I mean. Uh, <laughs> feed the itch. Feed the itch. There's, a, there's tonight's band name. That's it. Ladies and gentlemen, feed the itch. <laughs> Itch. Inadvertently stumbled into that one. Anyway, yeah, I fell backwards into that problem. Uh, yeah, so you have yeah, to try but, hard. Uh, but but honestly, I think every now and then that might be a cool cool new new experience. Mm. All right, what else do you find on here? Feed the itch. That's what I found. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, I, I you know what? I'm gonna I leave that there that because means. I don't either. Because Mark actually wrote in and said last week I had uh, Deep Frunk as a possible uh, great great band name, which I still really like. He's asking about other car related band names. I'm not even gonna answer it because I just came up with Feed the Itch. So Feed there you go. Feed the Itch. At, at talk about mixed. All right, I got to move on from there. <laughs> Tle PR. Said, this is a real question, not a rant. Why is it that slow drivers don't let the faster cars pass by on the canyons? Mm -hmm. What is inside their mind? Well, I... Funny enough, I know you are all going to be surprised, but we're not mind readers. I I know that comes as a surprise. My wife still keeps waiting for that to (laughs) dawn on me, where suddenly it can read her mind. Doesn't happen. Yeah. Still Mm -hmm. counting the days, right? Yeah. Uh, Well, honestly, I think sometimes some drivers haven't been trained or recognized to understand this is what you do. Mm -hmm. I honestly don't think it's malicious. I think it's simply ignorance and not in a a degrading way. It's just sort of like, well, this is what I'm doing. And I guess if that person wants to get around me, they'll figure it out. I, whatever. I think there is some kind of obliviousness in some, but I think in others, and I don't mean this in a malicious way. I genuinely don't, but I think, I think in a lot of people, especially here in the U S there is this demeanor of, I'm going plenty fast enough. I'm going plenty fast enough on this road. If you want to go faster than me, then you can figure it out because, trust me, this is plenty quick. And it's the same reason we wind up in the left lane on the freeway going slower because you think, well, it's the fast lane and I'm going quickly. Uh, Come on, people. There is an ego level going on here where we are kind of policing others because we believe we're fast. Mm, yeah, uh, this is. I, I've talked about this before, and it's the difference between steering and driving. Mm-hmm. And to me, driving I love that. I love that is term. it's being very cognizant about what you see happening as far as a a situation. I'm in yeah. the left lane, and a guy's faster than me, and I think, all right, I've got to pass the guy on the right first. So I'm going to give it a little more gas and speed up so I can get out of this guy's way and not impede and his progress. Give him space. Yeah, give him space, and then I can see me doing this and. 
you know, sort of envision the puzzle pieces falling totally. constantly. You're not totally. just sitting there moving along. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's people behind me, I guess. Oh, there's people behind me. I should move. Yeah. I should not impede. Yeah. I should totally. flow. And totally. that's what I think everybody in Europe does, especially in Germany. I see Germany, this and I come sure. back refreshed because people <laughs> get out of the lane. I go, what? Could what? you come over and tell what people? What is this like, strange thing that's happening? Public speaking? Like, let's have a forum on this and it's just like, explain. It's, like, it's, a, it's a TED Talk on, on Audubon driving. <laughs> That would be great <laughs> with visuals and footage. I don't know. It could be great. I Yeah. I, it's honestly, I in a lot of cases, I don't think it's malicious. I think it's a lot. I, really? That's what you're supposed to do? Nobody's ever told me that. I never mm. got that. I never, nothing, nothing ever occurred to me mm. is mm. where it's at. And it's the difference, again, between driving, active driving versus just steering along. We're just yeah. moving. On this line, and actually this is one of them fighting words questions, rpate27 wrote in on Instagram and said, okay, you're coming up to a stoplight in a manual transmission. Mm, yeah. What do you do? Do you put the clutch in, put it in a neutral coast deal? Do you downshift every gear? What, what's what's the, the deal here? You and I kind of disagree on this, but my actual genuine answer is, because I, I know you're a guy like in your 928, you and your Cayman used to step through the gears all the time up and down. Usually, usually. Yeah, most of the time you would. I'm a guy where it literally depends on what is this off-ramp and how proactive am I feeling. There's plenty of off-ramps yeah. where I know all I'm going to do is I'm going to coast to this light and we're going to sit here. It's commute world. We're going to sit here through this light twice. So I'm just going to pull it into neutral and I'm going to hit the brakes until I get stopped. And then I'm going to put it into gear when it's necessary for me to creep 10 feet because, oh, look, the light changed. That sure, that I certainly can see happens. That. We don't need to come in but, hot and bang sequentially down through the gears because we're motorsports and oh, exactly. we're just sitting but in traffic. Because I mean, reality does dawn on us, sure, believe it or not, in sure. spite of the way we th- we think. But then there's other there's other off ramps that I can think of here in the Park City area where I'm always, even if it's even if I'm gonna know I'm gonna come to a stop, I'm stepping down because the situation might change in a minute, or I mm-hmm. actually the light could go green. This is a long enough arc here that by it's the like time I get halfway around, or something. it may go green, yeah. and I may have a shot at it. So it really depends a lot on conditions. I, I'm not doing it all the time, but I will say when there's the opportunity presents to actually heel-toe downshift, I do that a lot. I'll come off the freeway a lot. Come off the freeway, and the first little bit of deceleration is a couple gears down. And sure. then I, re- I resort back to, okay, now we're neutral and we're stopping. But just the opportunity to match is fun. So I do take those opportunities when I can get them. Do you try to time lights when it's like a stale green and you you look over at the crosswalk signal, especially if they have the countdown numbers and oh, it's yeah. like in the nine, eight, seven, depending on how far away you are, are you going to jam it and get through the light or are you you know if it's I'm, counting down to one you know that's going to change just anticipate or if you look it's a red light and you look across and you can see the yellow reflection on the inside of the hood <laughs> oh no oh no because you know i see yellow so it's about to go red on that side which means my light's going to turn green i do this i think this way i i do sometimes i will tell you honestly i am more cautious of lights in the lotus than i've ever been in any other car that's a good point. Yeah. Because if anybody's in the middle of that intersection, I lose in that car. Yeah. yeah so I am true. more cautious in intersections than I've ever been. But conversely, I am much more prone to when that when I have the opportunity to get away from people anywhere, freeway or whatever, I will get away. 
I mean, that's the benefit of a trade-off. bike, honestly. A motorcycle yeah, in traffic, sure. you can just get away from people. But I have, but I very much drive, I mean, I've talked about it on my, my last long term. I very much drive that Lotus like a bike. And intersections, I'm aware of the fact that I don't care that I'm bright yellow. I'm aware of the fact that, that weird things can happen and people don't pay attention. And so I'm the little guy, so I'm very cautious of that. Got a question here on Facebook from Adam F. that I think you should wrap up things with. Uh-oh. He said, when do you stop upping the budget and pushing off and pushing off till next year Hmm. and just bite the bullet and go buy the car that you want? Hmm. He's had a BRZ a couple of years. He wants to go Corvette or Cayman next, but he always thinks, well, if I wait another year, I can get the newer trim or I can get the refreshed iPhone or the next electronic thing. And it's always coming. You could think that way for a long time. And welcome to the balance, Adam. Mm -hmm. We're always thinking the, yeah, save your money if it's paid for, if you're, you know, just in a, depending where you're at financially, just, okay, don't rock the boat. Probably not wise to do that. And then this other part of you is tugging at you going, uh, I mean, life's short, right? Agreed. You never know what's going to happen in your life. You never know what's next. I bought my 928. A month before September 11th, 2001. (laughs) Ouch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then I suddenly owed payments on, you know, brand new hot car, brand new to me. Yeah, for sure. And uh, yeah, didn't have a job anymore. (laughs) That was fun. Yikes. Yep. Again, you just never know. Mm -hmm. But I'm just saying, you know, if it's, if you're in a place and you're ready, why not? I I don't think, I'm not hearing of any genuine reasons there to, to hold off. Yes, there's there's always the hold back. It's wiser. Don't mm-hmm. do anything. Just save sure, your money. Sure, you could debate that. But, you know, you're writing into the podcast where we're wanting you where, to get the What we're going to get you is, is get the car for sure. Well, but here's the thing. If you're two or three years in, I, there's a part of me that just goes, um, the the flow is moving here, if you, will, if you will, okay? There's always new cars coming in. There's always older ones timing out. Mm-hmm. You can sit around and wait for the perfect combination, but the truth is that's never going to happen because the minute you think I've got that perfect combination, you read in the paper about the new versions that's coming in possibly to – who cares? And the okay? next Toyota 86 that they didn't bump the power? Exactly. Exactly. That one as well. Yeah. And the new WRX that looks amazing in concept vehicle, and when it comes out, you're like, that's okay, I guess. <laughs> All of these things will be happening. I didn't think I really wanted the new one anyway. Yeah. The, the, the Supra that was supposed to come 10 years ago, it might come out now. Right. I mean, these are the Finally, the NSX is here, the yeah. second generation. Exactly. Anyway, so – I think they're announcing a third gen that'll come out like in 2050. It's going to be great. If we're lucky. Anyway, my point is here, if you can afford a Cayman or a Corvette right now that intrigues you, go get one. Because in two or three years from now, then if you really want to move on because they made one that is a little bit better for whatever reason, that's probably come down enough while you've enjoyed your current one that you could go trade out. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. this is my non-financial advice moment on the podcast for this evening. <laughs> Isn't that the entire it's pretty much the whole show podcast, and but, series but, you know, and everything? I feel like, and, and my wife has kind of grudgingly agreed to this reality, I feel like my approach to cars is kind of like, I'm probably always going to have a car payment. I, I, sure. I, I would love sure. to be wildly rich and own, you know, multiple cars and they're all paid off. That'd be great. Yeah. But car payment almost feels like a mortgage to me. It's just like it exists. So yeah. if every few years you can stay in the approximate same car payment, but you can trade it to another car, you haven't really damaged your budget. I'm not saying this is sound financial advice, but you haven't actually made things worse is my point. So there is a conversation here. There's a conversation here where oh, you're, you're paying. That's a good t-shirt. I didn't make it worse. Yeah, exactly. You're paying to play but, here. Yeah, true. You get into a Cayman now, and whatever that payment is, 
in a couple of years, if you sell that Cayman, yeah, you've lost a little bit of money, but can you move into another, can your payments stay the same and now you're in a newer one? I, I want the life experience for you. I do. I Adam. Think you, could, you could wait forever. Well, yeah. You've heard the joke, right, Adam? And that is, well, did you buy the car? Then you didn't get a good deal. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I got a great deal on the car. Yeah, but you bought the you bought car, it. right? <laughs> you, no, you didn't. All right. Prepare yourselves to be thanked, as we usually do. Really, it's you guys that write the questions and uh, help us have a lot of fun with it. So thank yeah, you very sure. much. We really appreciate it. We're definitely looking forward to next time. Cheers. Geico presents eyewitness interviews with inanimate objects. This is Brian Bruno, live on the scene of a recent windstorm, here to describe the event, the chest of drawers. There's a storm howling outside, so I thought I'd stay in and watch a rom-com. Five minutes into the flick, a tree branch slams through the window. Were you hurt? (laughs) I just got a scratch on my chest. Your chest of drawers can't help you in a windstorm, but the Geico Insurance Agency can help you get covered for personal property damage. Call Geico to see how affordable homeowners insurance can be. ADT can design and install a smart home just for you, backed by 24-7 protection. A new smart home at your service, customized for your lifestyle. Set up custom automations unique to your home to automatically do the things like lock the doors or set the thermostat when you leave. Even close your garage door from virtually anywhere. ADT will set up your home with multiple smart home devices and security features like indoor and outdoor cameras, locks, lights, and garage door control, even video doorbells. Visit ADT.com slash podcasts to learn more about how ADT can design and install a secure smart home just for you.